You're listening to the One Small Bite Podcast with me, your host, David Roscoe. For over a decade, I have built a successful nutrition practice helping thousands of people thrive, nourish their life, and break the cycle of crazy diets. We will take one small bite at a time to transform your health and develop a positive relationship to food. So let's chop the diet mentality, fuel your body, and nourish your soul. Okay, are you ready? Let's do this. Hola, and welcome to the One Small Bite Podcast, where we bring you anti-diet conversations and topics that help you break free from the shackles of diet culture and weight stigma so that you can build a positive and secure relationship with food, make peace with your body, and learn to live fully. Hey there, I'm your host, David Orozco, certified intuitive eating, registered dietitian nutritionist. My practice is Orozco Nutrition. We have an incredible team of health at every size and weight-inclusive trained registered dietitian nutritionist and therapists that focus on that very anti-diet and compassionate approach. I'm excited because today I get to talk to you about the seven warning signs diets don't work. This is great. This is really important. So listen in. This is going to come from a lot from the book, One Small Bite. That's going to come out in late January, early February. So stay tuned. I've got more to come about all of that. So let me get started. Let me go through these seven warning signs that I think are so important for you to pay attention to. So let me start with the first one. The first one is all of them are unsustainable. Simply put, diets are not sustainable. They usually have specific rules about when, what, or how to eat. Diets tell you what foods to eat or what foods to avoid, or maybe there are specific nutrients that you need to eliminate. They typically have two to five different phases or levels. I think you probably have seen this a gazillion times, right? It's like phase one, you have to do a fat-burning phase. You have to eliminate the most amounts of food, and it's like starvation period. Then there's maybe something like the power-up phase, like, okay, you're going to start reintroducing certain foods, and maybe then there's the replenishment or replenish phase, or I don't know, something related to that. Don't phases mean that it's not sustainable? Hmm, food for thought. Oh, Pun intended. (laughs) Some diets may require special food combinations or restrict specific types of foods, right? For example, you probably never ate these kind of foods, so they're telling you you should restrict them. For example, this diet might require you to first take a genetic test and then maybe an elaborate elaborate physical. Then you have to fill out this 10-page questionnaire And then they provide you with the results, which is a multi-page glossary report that takes a PhD to read it, and then it's several pages of foods you should avoid. Then you go, well, (laughs) I got to avoid all these foods, but when was the last time you ate um, nightshade foods or eggplant? I know a lot of people that don't like eggplant. Um, And then they give you this sort of green light, yellow light, red light foods of what to do and what to not not to do. And then at that point, people are just 
they're overwhelmed. It's like, okay, I need a professional to help me read this. I have had many clients that have come into my office and said, David, I've got, I took this test. I'd love for you to just kind of tell me what a meal plan would be. And I'm thinking to myself, what? I mean, there's nothing on here you can eat. Um, talk about unsustainable, right? So people are just really overwhelmed and confused. Diets may have restrictions like when to eat, you know, that time-restrictive eating that we talked about Meredith being on. Uh, but, you know, the body uh, will actually dictate what and when we need to eat. And the body, honestly, it cannot be tricked. People look for modifications because the diet doesn't fit their lifestyle and to be successful, they have to modify that diet. So again, perfect example of how it's just not sustainable. When you have to start modifying something that is supposed to be the way it's supposed to be, then it's not supposed to be that way. <laughs> by the way, when you don't stick to diet rules, that by definition is unsustainable. And the problem with unsustainable is just that it makes you feel like crap, makes you feel like you've done something wrong. Well, no, they're unsustainable. All right, the second warning sign. It's unscientific. Most diets are not evidence-based. This means that most diets were started or invented by a personal trainer or a doctor or a celebrity with no nutritional background or training. They decided one day, hey, why don't I take what I do and make it into a diet book? And of course, a publishing house eats it up. Sorry, couldn't resist that joke. <laughs> it becomes a bestseller and we're sold. Look, the point is that diets are certainly not well-researched. The it works for me, it should work for everybody else philosophy isn't evidence-based. Only a handful of diets have significant volumes of research like, well, I'm not going to mention one, but it's out in some European area where it's been shown that uh, can help cure almost everything. But you know what? No one invented it. And uh, even experts can't agree to what exactly that kind of eating style is. Is it having meat? Is it not having meat? Is it having lots of vegetables or not having? Is it not having carbohydrates or having carbohydrates? So the only thing that diets do is this unscientific part. What's worse is that they marginalize populations and perpetuate systematic racism by othering other people that don't eat that way. I was born in Colombia. I grew up in New Jersey with a predominant Latinx population. And so eating European style food was certainly not on my plate growing up. Unless you consider pizza and croissants, that was. <laughs> so, you know, another example is uh, people in certain countries around the world and the way they're eating. But, you know, that fits their lifestyle and that fits that kind of society or place where they live around the world. So... Um, are you going to take a certain eating style from one area of the world and then fit it into another population somewhere else? Well, yeah, we've tried that. It's called uh, westernized diets, and that didn't work really well. So number two, it's unscientific. Unrealistic is number three. Now, this is somewhat similar to the first two, but this is when diet claims that you will lose an unrealistic amount of weight in a short period of time, like 10 pounds in 10 days. That's not only unrealistic, that's unsustainable, and it's simply starvation. You know that saying, if it's too good to be true? Well, you know what? It probably is. Not to mention the negative emotional side effects that affect your metabolism and your body. 
But you know, the allure of these claims of weight loss, these false hopes of having a beautiful body or images of thin women or muscular young men are intense. You see and hear only a few loud voices of people, usually very young, that were so successful on this or that diet, but you never hear the challenges and struggles from the millions of others who whom the diet never really worked or they gained all the weight back and the embarrassment and the shame. I don't want to post on social media after that. Even the mighty Arnold Schwarzenegger no longer has his Terminator or Conan the Barbarian body any longer. Again, it's just not realistic. All right, number four. When diets or weight loss plans says, you don't have to exercise or you've got to extreme exercise. So in other words, the point I'm getting here is extremes of some kind of physical activity. When diets claim you don't have to move at all, or just the opposite, when they require some extreme level of exercise, simply unsustainable, this is a huge red flag. I mean, which is it? None? Or is it extreme? If it's not joyful movement, then it isn't hard work. And technically, Increased or high-intensity physical activity or exercise over the long term is not helpful in persistent weight loss anyway. In fact, most research shows that exercise only helps 20 to 30% in the initial weight loss, and that's typically most water from the breakdown of muscle. Physical activity or exercise is actually a necessity in life for all of us, but it's not helpful in losing weight indefinitely. To maintain our health, we need to be physically active. That's absolutely true. In my experience, people in fat or large bodies get lured into these fitness programs that require high-intensity, fat-burning exercise, and 9 out of 10 times, they end up injuring themselves. And oh my gosh, the problems that come with the injuries are so much more complicated. This is another reason why these Weight loss programs, high-intensity fitness things, they're fun, they look great, but oh gosh, the number of injuries is really, really high. And when you get injured, coming out of that is a problem. All right, number five, supplements. Oh, when diets require you to take supplements, that's just another huge red flag. Meredith told me that she had been on another diet where they required her to take B12 shots weekly a specialty-formulated set of proprietary supplements that would aid in rapid weight loss and energy enhancement. Ugh, my God. Yes, there are chemicals and herbals that do that. Absolutely. For example, caffeine helps stimulate the pituitary gland and increase adrenaline. We talked about that in a couple of episodes ago. But we all know that you can't lose weight on caffeine alone. If that were the case, with all the coffee and energy drinks we consume, millions of people around the world would be a bunch of skinny minis. Yeah, that's not happening. Then there are various caffeine-like derivatives like guaran, L-carnitine, ginkgo biloba, ginseng, and others. And by the way, stay tuned. I'm going to have this great episode where I talk about L-leucine and branched-chain amino acids and that supplement. So stay tuned for that. That's coming up at another Friday Foodcast. These are typically found in energy drinks or added to supplements to stimulate your metabolism and supposedly aid in the fat-burning process. Well, let me tell you, 
that doesn't work. And in my experience, what I've seen most is that it forces people to avoid eating and it really just revs up your metabolism too fast, your heart rate too much, and it makes it difficult for you to sleep. It makes it difficult for you to focus later on. The crash and withdrawals that happen are greater. Trying to sustain that energy is almost impossible. And your appetite gets hit really hard. And so you have these waves of cravings and uncontrollable uh, amounts of eating that occur on a regular basis. It's just you got to watch out for these supplements. Number six, oh, and this is another big one, endorsements. Boy, you got to watch out when diets need a celebrity, a doctor, an athlete, or a fitness guru, or someone out there that sells the diet program. Endorsements are not scientific. They are just an emotional hook that drives people to that diet book or that diet site. By the way, the sneaky approach to endorsements are testimonials. They may not be celebrities or athletes, but people feel a stronger connection because we have social proof. Oh my gosh, see, it's working for me. Oh, see, it's working for you. Well, stay tuned to that person. Follow that person that lost, I don't know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 pounds and stick with them for a few months, maybe, oh, this may be hard, but uh, maybe a year or a year and a half. You'll be hard-pressed to find out that they're going to continue posting these videos or these uh, images of them with all of that weight loss. In fact, they probably won't post at all. When that happens, that's a good indication that it's not going to continue working. So while social proof is great and it's very important, I always think that social proof is very, very helpful for me, especially when I'm looking for something new. But understanding the, the length and the duration of social proof is really important. And I don't mind that something has a negative uh, feedback or a negative review. I think that sometimes when we look at the body of the reviews, I think that's important because... If we can show that something doesn't work, that's really, really important. All right, and number seven, increased desires. Anytime we start eliminating anything, a habit, a way of eating, for example, we find ourselves noticing its absence and cravings even more than before. Let me give you one example. Imagine you're going to buy a new car, right? And say you want, oh, I don't know, this beautiful convert convertible Audi. I don't know whether they sell those kind of cars or not, but just go with me here for a second. <laughs> All right. And so you see that car on a car lot. And at, at first you weren't, you weren't sure what kind of car you want. And then you saw it and you're like, oh, wow, that's the kind of car I want. And then after a few weeks, you're still trying to decide what kind of car. And then all of a sudden in those weeks, you start seeing that car everywhere. It goes to the point, what we put our attention to grows. What we focus on becomes more evident, becomes a part of our lives. And so when we start eliminating things or food from our diet, you know what starts happening? We start craving it even more. Now, it may not be that specific food that you crave. I've heard a lot of people tell me, oh, David, I've given up meat and I don't have any craving for meat. And then I asked them, well, why did you get a meat substitute that has a meat flavoring in it? That's a subtle indication by the body that it wanted some of that umami flavor to it. Mmm, okay. 
All right. So this is specifically true with foods because our bodies require food to live. Many fad diets involve completely eliminating specific foods or food groups. Or tell us when to eat, which invariably leads to more cravings, relapses, binges, and worse problems than foods may have caused in the first place. Additionally, by trying to replace healthy foods and nutrients with supplements or stimulants or other alternatives, we often deprive ourselves of what we really need and want, which further increases our desires for them. So, the more we continue to avoid these foods or eliminate them, we actually start eating greater quantities of other foods too. It doesn't matter. It's still a sign that the body knows something's wrong, something's missing, and therefore it's a threat. Remember that threat leads to a stress response. That stress response is the way the body can't get tricked. Therefore, the emotional centers of the body start increasing because the physiological centers of the body, your appetite signals are lost. For example, you start having desires, temptations, cravings, urges, second bites, second servings. You'll be eating mindlessly, unconsciously. You seem like you can't stop. There's a desire to have certain drinks more often, or you want to have other foods that you've never had before. These are all the signs that your body is giving you, and this is what we talk about with intuitive eating. All right, so let's go through these seven warning signs one more time. First, it's unsustainable. You can't maintain it. Number two, it's unscientific. The research is just not there. Number three, it's unrealistic. Number four, some form of crazy, extreme physical activity or movement, either too much or nothing at all. Supplements is number five. <sighs> number six, endorsements. Oh, when those doctors start going into the nutrition world and I think to myself, oh my goodness, this is, here we are again. And number seven, when you start feeling those increased desires, all seven of these are real warning signs that diets don't work. It's a trap. So what do we do? My focus for you is pause, slow down, pay attention. Yeah, there may be something that you can cut back on, maybe that you're eating too much of. Maybe bring in a little bit of balance. Okay, let's say maybe it's a little bit more fresh fruit or vegetables. Or maybe it's doing some form of movement, something joyful. This past weekend, I went up to the mountains with my wife and my daughter and my dog, and we climbed up this mountain, and we were having a really good time, and that's one of my foci for my life, is I want to spend my weekends with my family. I also want to enjoy doing some housework, so I raked the leaves, and then I created this big pile of leaves, and my daughter and her girlfriend started piling into them. You remember that when you were kids, right? Focus on that one thing that really brings in joy, that brings in that living fully. And that may mean having that chicken parmesan and having a side of vegetables. Or it may mean having a snack at night, but pausing and paying attention to when you're having it. Focus on that one small change. All right, folks, stay tuned because remember, I'm bringing in that supplement conversation in the next Friday Foodcast. So stay tuned for that. And then, by the way, November is 
Movember. It's Men's Health Awareness Month, and I'm really excited because I'm going to talk to you about my next hero, Nathaniel. Wait until you hear about Nathaniel. Young, 20-something-year-old that really had a lot going for him and... Well, I'm not going to give it away. You got to stay tuned. <laughs> so I hope you enjoy these episodes. I'm really, really excited to bring you some great stuff for the month of November to really also cover a couple of things about, say, for example, hypertension, high cholesterol, and also look at the men's body a little bit more and why men tend to do the things they do around food. So stay tuned. I'm really excited to bring that for you. All right, folks, I wanted to say this show is brought to you by I Practice Orozco Nutrition and my great staff, Jennifer Baugh, who helps with show notes and editing of the podcast, uh, Reagan Perkins, who is our clinical supervisor, Kia Bourne, who is our athlete's expert, and me, your host, David Orozco. If you get a moment, Please remember, subscribe to this show so you get these episodes downloaded to your device. And remember, scroll down in Apple Podcasts and leave me a rating and review that helps bring this show out to more people. Okay, folks, in the meantime, I just want to say, remember, chop that diet mentality, fuel your body, and nourish your soul. Hasta pronto. Oh, yeah.